0: I just biked around Lake Michigan, nearly a thousand miles.
1: This Ben Jarofsky show, Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by SEIU Chicago, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor and the Chicago Reader. Benny J, take it away. Bonus Time on the Ben Jaroski Show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, January 20th, 2022. As I always do with a bonus show, I read the headline that was in the newspaper uh, to give you a sense of what was going on in the world as we did our show. So let me get my beloved bright one, Home Delivered as Always. Yes, I subscribe, period. And here's the headline in the Sun-Times on uh, Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. Ding dong, the witch is dead. No, I'm just kidding. That's not really, (laughs) I don't think my beloved Brightwell would be that uh, extreme. But yes, uh, the headline is about the inauguration and the inauguration went down. Joe Biden is officially the president of the United States as you hear this. And I just, I'm just loving it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Donald Trump has left the stage, but Trumpism is still very much a part of our country right now don't kid yourself don't fool yourself uh don't go back to sleep like you did in 2009 when barack obama was elected was a a sworn in every all the democrats went to sleep and then woke up in 2016 with this nightmare anyway Got plenty of local and national news to talk with my distinguished guest. Uh, so, as I do with uh, all distinguished guests on the Ben Drowski Show, I ask my distinguished guest to introduce herself. So, go ahead and introduce yourself, distinguished guests.
0: Hi, I'm Sue Ontiveros. I'm the forder, former editor and columnist for the Chicago Sun Times. I'm retired now, and I live in Rogers Park and uh i think that's
1: it yes she's a retired journalist it's means because she's retired she's free to speak her mind though if anybody read her columns back in the day she pretty much spoke her mind anyway in those days and she's a lefty like me although i don't know sue if you'll admit it but a lot of times i read your columns go yeah that's right <laughs> yeah tell it like it is uh at the outset of the show uh, as a gag we played Uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, being Rahm, and uh, Donald Trump doing some uh, silly sound. Both of them have left the stage, uh, but uh, very much Donald Trump and Trumpism will still be with us. We'll get to all that, Sue, but as I told you before, I want to start with local. You're involved uh, in a, a neighborhood fight, I'll put it that way, a neighborhood challenge that I want all my listeners to know about cause. I think it's really important. So I'll allow you the opportunity uh, to tell people about the story of the High Ridge Y. Go ahead.
0: Okay. So the High Ridge Y, my um, my family and I, we've been involved there for almost 30 years. My son went to the preschool there, learned how to swim there. Um, I, and I've continued be going there all these, all these years. Um, and one of the things I always thought about when I would be retired was that I would be able to spend more time there. <laughs> Um, because I, I would, you know, they always had all kinds of great senior programs. And I saw that in my future and, and for the little time before the pandemic that I got to go, yes, it was, it was nice. And then all of a sudden on December 18th, we, we see on social media, um, a notice that it's closing permanently. And actually when I saw the word permanently, I thought permanently, but that means I mean, it's like forever. <laughs> no, it can it can't be, you know. And you know with the the usual stuff they tell you there's um of course the pandemic impacted it but they said oh we were having declining enrollment and the classes weren't popular and you know and I was like, oh, that's sad. And then we start thinking about it, not just me, but other people started thinking about that that's not true. You would go in there and it was always so busy and and it couldn't possibly be true. And so um we started a group. It's called the Save the High Ridge YMCA. We have a Facebook page, and we've been having meetings. And uh, we had a big uh, rally on Sunday. We drew, drew about, I'd say, about 150 people. And um, we're just trying to keep that wide. You know, um, our communities are very close to the to the lake. We cannot have children growing up here without having access to um, nearby swim lessons. It's just not. It just it's just dangerous. That's my, that's my biggest thing about it. And, and the Y always offered, um, sliding scale. Um, so it wasn't that, I mean, everybody could, could get, get a lesson if you wanted it. Yeah. So.
1: Well, let me go on my soapbox a little bit here, uh, Sue. And, uh, you know, the, you cannot have a civilized city without institutions like wise. And I say, this as an old timer. I, I grew up in Evanston. I lived at the Evanston YMCA, ping pong, basketball pool. They had a pool tables there. I don't think I, uh, I swimming lessons, you know, my friends were at a Y club. It's just like a, a like a social place. It's for then teenage years with the teen clubs and the teen dances and and I know was, when I moved to Chicago, many Chicagoans told me they grew up with the Y's, uh, the Y in High Park, Y this, the Y's on the South Side, and High Ridge was always the Y for Rogers Park. And it's just it's part of a community. And I lived through the destruction of the new City Y, which was where my kids. Play basketball. Where my kids socialized. Where my kids uh, when swimming, you know. And the wise excuse was, well, you know, basically they were they could get more money from selling the land for development. And now, of course, they tore it down. We lost the swimming pool, and they got a sh- what the world needs now—a shopping mall, which we don't need to. This is me speaking for myself. So I just feel as though the city of Chicago should recognize that there's a really valuable asset in a YMCA, particularly with the swimming pool, teaching kids how to swim. And I would like to see the city get involved to try to, what, encourage, I'll use that word, that euphemism, the Y uh, to maintain uh, the programs there and maintain the building there. Is the city getting involved, Sue? Are they joining your efforts?
0: The aldermen in the, in the um, area... Um, Alderman S- uh, Silverstein from the 50th. The, the Y is actually in the 50th. She's been very supportive and involved. She came out to our rally on Sunday. Uh, Maria Haddon from the 49th. She came out. Um, she's she's written a letter and she she uh, attended our our Zoom meeting that we had last week. Um, Andre Vasquez from the 40th, he too, well, his family actually used the Y um, for daycare and his, and they worked out there and stuff. So he's very familiar with the Y. And they all are encouraging um, y, the YMCA of Metro Chicago to keep, keep high ridge open.
1: What's, y, what's, what's high the high Y's high. argument?
0: Well, we haven't heard all their argument yet, but they, but they you know, uh, as I said, they, they, they say that we're... We have lost members, but I'd like to find a gym in anywhere that didn't lose members during the pandemic. We did not lose members beforehand. And, um, and we're so close to that. And that's the, the the frustrating thing. We're so close to the end of this pandemic. The vaccines are right around the corner. Once, uh, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala, they're not going to treat it the way the past administration did. I mean, everything is going to be a lot better as far as the virus and so we're, we're all all these things will be able to be open again the why the, the seniors will be able to go there the the, the teens and the little kids uh, you know we could get our the head start program they have a beautiful head start program there and you know working parents when your when money's tight that's that was a wonderful asset and you just hate to see any of that so so we're so close let us you know stay in business through this and we were more than happy to work with the Y on figuring out um, fundraising a better business model maybe than we had before we um, there's a lot of people with a lot of good ideas and they and we just want them to listen to us well uh, also, I, I, I can't forget this one thing mm-hmm. in December they received 25 million dollars from philanthropists um, Mackenzie Scott. So just give us a little bit of that money so we can <laughs> stay in business. You know, and, and once, once we're back and we got back in business, you know, once the pandemic is over, all the programs can open up again. We can build them up better than they already ready were. And um, just, just give us time. That's what we're
1: just we're to what? clarify who got the money for Mackenzie Scott, who got that 25 million, um, ymca of metro chicago got it got it got it yeah uh mackenzie scott of course uh was married to jeff bezos and as part of the divorce settlement uh received a lot of money and has been uh, very generous in doling it out so yes ymca uh come on you got some money you can't cry poor mackenzie scott just gave you 25 million dollars so i remember to fight for the new city Y. and for listeners who aren't familiar with chicago we have a lot of out-of-town listeners but the new city Y. uh The the high ridge Y that Sue was talking about is on the north, sort of the close to the Evanston border on western, not far from uh, Howard Street. Uh, And the new city-wide was in an area that was rapidly gentrifying. Uh, Property values were soaring. It was near the old Cabrini Green uh, housing uh, complex. Uh, And... um, so what happened eventually the land became so valuable i don't believe i think that's what motivated the y to sell it ultimately and also the uh, cabrini green community had been displaced uh, when they tore down the uh, the the projects is the land that valuable on western avenue near tui uh in your neck of the woods that it would just be incumbent upon the Y to sell it in your humble opinion
0: i I, I find it hard to believe we, a right uh, kitty corner from the Y is a Baker Square that is set dormant now well over a year. Nothing is gone in that space. There's a lot of empty storefronts that were empty. There were things that were empty before the pandemic and also along uh, Tui, um, both both streets. So I, I don't see it as a, a you know, but I, I'm not a commercial real realtor, so I don't know. But I would hate to see this why that they sold all the time at national meetings as the most diverse why in the country. And by that, I mean, economically, racially, there's all ages, there's all religions, you name it, it the, the people of all all different types of people have, uh, get together at that why. And that's, I thought that's what we were striving for in this world. And so to give that up just,
1: you know, just horrifies me. Uh, well, we'll uh, close with uh, one last pitch for the why, but that's what we're, we're striving for in this world. Is a perfect uh, point to uh, make a tangent to what went down today, Wednesday, uh, January 20th, inauguration, um, uh, with uh, Joe Biden being sworn in as president, Kamala Harris being sworn in as vice president, first woman ever to be uh, vice president, and talking about a new... Uh, day for the country a new day for the world really uh and uh less division less divisiveness less open hatred uh than the previous administration it was funny sue i think you're still suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder you, you referred to it as the past administration like you just couldn't say the man's name i'll say it for you his name was donald trump he was president of the united states for the last four years uh that's his name uh that who that's the man who mostly bears responsibility for what's it, going down in this country for four years Talk a little bit about your feelings and uh, what was going on in your uh, your mind as you watched Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get sworn into me.
0: Well, first I was, I think I'm turning into my mother because I was worried that something could happen to them. And there I was uh, praying for them, that nothing, you know, that this day would go through without anything after what happened a couple weeks back. But also just, it just seemed like... Um, Know, it truly it does seem like a, a new day and, and we're we're going forward that's what i always have thought that we would always be going forward and and be more inclusive and and the last four years uh boy they turn out much worse than i <laughs> i honestly i thought that when donald trump became president that he would once he was in the role he would see boy this is it i mean this is a, i'm the most you know, powerful person on the planet and I will have to rise to the occasion. But instead he, he kind of dragged us down with with everything else. And, uh, he gave people who had some very awful, awful, some very just awful feelings and sentiments. And he gave them permission to come out from the rocks
1: that they'd been under. Mm -hmm. And yet Sue, and yet he got what, 47% 47% of the vote, 40, I can't remember, so I don't have the number, me, 47, 48% of the vote. It was so ugly, it was so divisive. Uh, when you look at that 48% of the vote that Donald Trump got, uh, do you think that most of those people actually believe in his view of the world or what? how do you account for it? I,
0: I don't. I think that a lot of people, especially people with money, they saw that the economy had been, excellent under him. Now, those weren't really his policies. Those were Obama's. But but the economy was strong. Uh, If you remember just last February, I mean, just everything was, you know, things were good. And I think that a lot of people thought once the pandemic is over, he'll be back in office and he'll be good for the economy. There's a lot people vote with their wallets all the time. And I think a lot of people did vote for it. That was one of the things that they they found they, they could look overlook the other stuff because there are 401 k's and all the other stock, stock all the stocks they had everything was doing so well so they could look the other way at the things that he was doing like having children in cages so
1: wow uh and uh tweeting nasty things and always picking fights and uh, just being who he was uh uh, you alluded already to the insurrection that took place two weeks ago, two Wednesdays ago. We've talked a lot about that uh, on the show, and uh, MAGA supporters fired up by Donald Trump's speech uh, trying to take over the, the Capitol and force, I don't know ultimately what their goal, what they were hoping to do. Maybe that'll come out in the investigation. But at the very least, they wanted uh, to prevent Joe Biden from being uh, sworn in as president. Do you think that had uh, that scene, that site? has convinced some of those Trump voters, some of those people who voted for Trump just two or three months ago to realize that maybe that wasn't such a wise decision?
0: Oh, I I think so. I think so. I think that people his whining from election day on and all these lawsuits that, that, you know, he, they'd have these lawsuits and and nothing would come of them. People were just like, come on. Yes. You know, I wish you, you my guy had won, but let, you know, let's move on. And he, he would not move on. And I think that was already souring a lot of people on him, but that those people in the, um, in the Capitol, Uh, doing all the things destroying the capital beating up those policemen killing the one policeman i uh taking nancy pelosi's laptop those were not patriots those those are traitors those are traitors and i think that really turned a lot the few (laughs) the people who are still sticking with him uh, a lot of them that that turned them off for for good i think
1: what do you think of uh joe biden's speech today
0: I thought I thought it was a, a very good speech. He's trying to reach out to everybody and be inclusive and say, admit that we have a lot of work to do, but give him a chance. He's going to be the president for everybody. And, I you know, I, I think it's, it's it's a good start. He's starting out positive. It, and it's just so, so different just looking at it. I mean, I. I I feel like they're they're closer to real people. I mean, when, when he was taking the oath, his wife was near tears, and you could see because she loves him so much and she knows how much he wanted it. You see the grandkids over there, you know, Hunter's little baby had to be taken out, you know, because he's, as you know, as any little baby, of course, would decide to cry right in the middle of the most important part, you know? And, and, and you know, so it's just like all these things, you know, that happen in a family and and it would be kind of nice to see that again. One of the things that uh, uh, a tweet I saw, uh, I think it was last week, and and it was from somebody from Washington and they were saying that it was just so odd that Donald Trump and his wife and family, they they never engaged at all with anything happening in DC, no events, No stopping at this coffee shop, nothing, you know, so it's it was like they just stayed in that house (laughs) and maybe they just went over to their hotel and, and did stuff there. But it just just it's just a very, very unusual people.
1: Yes, very. And by the way, uh, this is me speaking, not Sue. I don't believe uh, Donald Trump's wife spent much time in that house at all. Okay. So, uh, very weird uh, relationship. As soon as you say that, uh, MAGA starts coming at you. How dare you insult our first lady? How dare you insult that precious relationship, that beautiful marriage they had? MAGA's out of its mind, Sue. Okay. I just say that to you. Uh, And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I get your point. Whether it's real or not, it seems like uh, all the presidents tried to engage. They, they 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 try to engage with the with the larger like community of Washington. You're right. They, you know, civic projects. Drop in at coffee shops occasionally. You go to a library or something. Right? Nothing. You're right. No, no happiness coming from Trump uh, in terms of Washington.
0: Oh, oh definitely, definitely. They just. And maybe that, and maybe that is the family business plan. We only eat at our own restaurants. We, if we need a cup of coffee, we get it there. And may, maybe that's it. We, we don't engage in any other business
1: but our own, which is pretty cold. Uh, uh, in addition to, to Joe Biden, of course, Kamala Harris uh, was sworn in, and uh, man, I finally there's a, a woman in the White House of sorts, uh, very close, knocking on the door. I thought Hillary Clinton would be the first uh, woman president, but uh, that didn't happen. Kamala Harris, first woman vice president. Uh, did that inspire you? Uh, did that move you to tears? What was your reaction to that?
0: Yeah, yeah there were a lot of times, you know, I, I think, you know, you think about her, you know, she was the um, daughter of immigrants. Now, now my parents are from here, but I mean, you know, and so, they don't sound like they were were rich or anything and and people they had to work to to get what they got. And I think, um, I, I I think and I do think there really is something when when people can see somebody that looks like them, somebody who has followed a path like theirs, that when children see stuff like that, they realize I can do that, too. You no, know, look at that. Yeah, I always remember that picture where Obama with a little boy, he's about four and, and Obama puts his his head down so the little boy can touch his hair because he's like, wow. Your hair is just like mine. And and when when people children can see stuff like that, they can see people whose stories are very much like their own. They can look beyond what they're you know, their where they are at this that moment might be narrow, but they can see. I I could do this, you know, I could work hard, I can study in school, and I, I can make something of myself too, just like
1: she did i gotta tell you this uh sue i had the same feeling you did i must have gotten it from my mother my mother and your mother must have been a lot of like i didn't want a public inauguration i tell my wife i go just these guys just take this the oath of office in the white house and go to work we don't need a uh and so when when kamala was sworn in she was sworn at first. I was like, okay, go, leave, just go. <laughs> that's how nuts I am. Just go, leave the leave the stage. You don't have to watch this stuff. You can watch it on TV like the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? It was lunatic in me. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I had that same paranoia. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think it w- it was certainly heightened after what happened in the Capitol. Nobody would ever. I mean, I, I, I spent part of grad school in Washington, D.C. There is always there's always a protest going on and people are running around in front of the White House or the Capitol, whatever they're with their little signs over there in Lafayette Park. That's fine. They're expressing whatever their view is. But no, no way did I ever think they would do what they did in the Capitol. And, and that that really made me wonder how safe um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would be. And that's right. uh, scared for many
1: of us. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I was really glad uh, when it ended and everybody was safe and sound and sworn in and we could get back to business. Um, all right. Let's uh, get you to uh, go on a limb here. Rate lady gaga's performance of the national anthem with all the great performances of the national anthem that you have heard in your life go
0: I'd give her a nine I think a nine maybe nine point5 I don't I wouldn't give anybody a a 10 probably
1: but yeah nobody no. <laughs> <laughs> well damn your tough sue on <laughs> but
0: but, but uh, she came uh, yeah she 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 didn't try to turn it into something else. She, she did it as the, as the um, national anthem. So I thought, I thought she did a good job.
1: What's your favorite rendition of the anthem of all time? Do you have one?
0: I don't know that I have one. I do. uh, I do like maybe not, not, I don't think it was there, but I, I, I like the Whitney Houston one but then again I'm just a big Whitney Houston fan. I don't know that she I don't know, remember where she's saying that.
1: Super but. Bowl 1991. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm weird. I don't know why I know that but I do. Uh it was the Giants versus the Buffalo Bills in 1990 with, and I that's a cry for help Sue. uh that I know that yeah um I, uh, my favorite is Marvin Gaye from 1983 at a NBA all-star game, the National Basketball League, uh, association. That's
0: another good one too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And from when I was a kid and I'm a lot older than you, uh, Jose Feliciano did a version. I think it was, don't quote me on this soon, 1968, I want to say in the world series. And then I was a huge Jose Feliciano fan back then. And, um, He got so much criticism because he just did it his way. I don't know if you were a fan of Jose Feliciano. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, I I
1: was, yes. Yeah, and
0: and I, I know what your performance you're talking about. Yeah, very
1: good, very good. Yeah. So uh, I got to say, Lady Gaga, I loved uh, your whole look. And I love the fact that uh, you were just outspoken in your opposition to Donald Trump throughout. But you're not quite there with uh, Marvin Gaye and uh, Jose Feliciano, but you did a great job. Uh, And finally, the poem. Amanda Gorman, 22-year-old poet out of Los Angeles. Very impressive. Uh, The Hill We Climb was a poem. Were you impressed by that?
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. She's so young to be, uh, and it was, the imagery was so strong. Her delivery was so good. I mean, it just to think that somebody that young would be that talented already and, and to be, be doing it where she was doing it at the inauguration. I mean, that was, yeah, that was, she was great. She was really good. I wish yeah. we, I wish we uh, Americans could find more space in our lives for poetry. I, I've been listening to a couple books online uh, of poetry and boy, it just it just doesn't get the respect and exposure that it should.
1: No, and I could tell you as someone, I told you this uh, briefly, I tried writing poetry when I was young. It was horrific, it was horrendous, it was awful. I was about the same age as Amanda Gorman and I would be like, oh me, oh, whoa, it's so bad what I wrote. <laughs> I, I've kept it. Good Lord, if anybody ever sees it, I should throw it away. But anyway, uh, it was a great day uh, for uh,
0: your um, anthology. What's that? I said You better watch it. It'll be in your anthology. (laughs) No,
1: I'll be long gone. If anybody puts that in the anthology, uh, it's a huge mistake. Uh, But my warning and I'm curious if you share my same uh, concern is uh, that people who view the world the way I do, speaking for myself, uh, liberals or lefties, democrats what have you uh, really i'm going to be saying this over and over again don't make the same mistake you made with obama and just go back to sleep because the other side is organizing i've already gotten about three or four uh email requests i'm on all these right-wing email i don't know why sue but talking about uh, joe biden as a threat as a leftist threat this that the other thing i just hope democrats don't fall asleep just get too comfortable with Joe Biden uh, and Kamala Harris in the White House. What's your thoughts about that?
0: Oh, definitely. I definitely agree. I remember when uh, Obama became president and people would say to me, well, see, we we've gotten to the other side. There's no people aren't looking at race. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If anything, I think the election of uh, Barack Obama raised the temperature and and. We on the other side who were just, oh, okay, this is oh, great, everything's good, had no idea how crazed they were, how well-financed they were, how well-organized they were to go out and do as much damage as they, they've they done. But yes, and, and with, I will say this, that Donald Trump did make several of my friends who had never been involved i mean they they voted but that was it they're just he just like i say just made their hair go on fire and they just got where they were organizing where they were letter writing where they were getting other people involved just nonstop nonstop um you know, and I I think that I think a lot of people I think in a way voting and being involved and in, um, in what's going on in your government as has kind of I I hope it's got a cool factor now. And, and you know, people used to always say, oh, you know, your vote doesn't matter. You, you know, it won't matter. But if we've seen so many elections when there's. They are razor thin. And when they when they um, count the votes, you see, my gosh, if if a couple people and, you know, one little cul-de-sac hadn't voted, things could be a whole different way. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I think there there's a an election that was a, a local election in one of the I think the western suburbs where the vote was so close. They did a recount. They had the exact number of votes and they. Person was chosen. I want to say it was Downers Grove by a flip of the coin. So when people see that kind of thing, I think they you have to realize your vote does matter, and and they wouldn't have been going through so much trouble to make (laughs) make it. So you couldn't vote if your vote wasn't worth something. So I I hope people realize that and will stay involved, and we'll see. Well put.
1: If your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't go to such trouble to keep you from voting. Well put. And I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're absolutely correct. And I'll add to that one more thing. Donald Trump on the phone, if he doesn't get impeached for this alone, uh, there is no justice in this country. Donald Trump on the phone in violation of every single norm. I don't know what the law is. It should be a violation of the law if it's not on the phone with the secretary of state of the state of Georgia saying, find the votes I need to win Georgia. Just a blatant attempt to steal an election. And if. If that doesn't wake Americans up to how their votes matter, I don't know what will, you know what I'm saying, Sue? The fact that Yeah,
0: right. he asked for the exact amounts, 11,001. We need 11,001. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and no shame in his game either about, I, I, I don't think he's, I think he just thought he should have won. And so somehow you've got to do something. And I, I, I think that this is probably the way he operated all the time in uh, business. He was able to um, pressure, bully, um, sue people to do what his way. God only knows. I wish we would hear from somebody who really went to school with him. What what really happened when he was in school, (laughs) what he was like then, you know, because I, I think this is the first thing that he's wanted that he was not able to have. And that is just
1: send him over the edge. Yeah, and sent over a lot of his uh, followers with him, I might add. Uh, all right, so before we let you go, just uh, tell people one more time, if they're interested in getting more information about the High Ridge, why we, uh, if they want to get involved, they weren't aware of it, it was there were articles written in the Sun-Times uh, and the Tribune uh, yeah, this just this week, but people may not have seen it. Where can they get more information if they want to get involved? It's really important, in my humble opinion, uh, that communities not lose places where kids can get swimming lessons for crying out loud, or they can just have a communal place to get together uh, and uh, that's not privately owned. So, uh, give give folks just uh, a last shout out of where they can get some more information on this subject. Well,
0: well, we do, we have a Facebook page and it's called Save the High Ridge YMCA. And that's where we're, you know, disseminating information. And that that's, you know, and and we do have a lot of we've got a lot of people who are really interested. And I I hope that we'll be able to um, get the why to either stay open or to help us find um, another organization that can keep us in operation. If they they no longer want to operate a community center for children, seniors, um, you know, it's always been a, a beacon, for, uh, you know, a haven for the um, immigrants and refugees in, in our neighborhood. And, and we uh, we need to keep it. That's that's all there is to it.
1: <laughs> all right. That's the great Sue Anaveros. Uh, Sue, thanks so much for coming on, and good luck with the fight to keep the High Ridge Y open. All right? Thank you. Thank you. All right. That's Sue Averos. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.